So have you got an email list, but you don't know how to turn leads into customers? Maybe you're just sending them generic content. The trick is, there's no real trick. The real secret behind it is, got to use stories to empathize and twist the knife a little bit to persuade people to buy. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode today. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Hey, so today's guest, let's go straight into it. Her name is Emily McGuire. She's an email copy girl herself. She's the founder of Flourish and Grit. Now, let's just get straight into her bio. So she's, like I said, owner and chief email marketer of Flourish and Grit, an email marketing automation studio. As someone who honors the grit it takes to get through this world, she appreciates ways to work smarter not harder. With lessons learned over a decade in tech, sending thousands of email campaigns and earning clients over $80 million in email campaign revenue. That's that's a lot of money. (laughs) She loves sharing the mistakes and strategies of email marketing done well. You'll typically find her with a cup of coffee in hand because mom life... I I just say it differently because I'm an Aussie. We we spell mum differently. But anyways, when her head isn't in her laptop, she can't find her... She, you can find her chasing her toddler, reading a book, or bringing or binging trashy TV. So, like I said today, we're going to be talking about all stuff about storytelling, the email actual sequence, how to make your sequence all congruent when you know someone misses an email but you want them to continue the story from the previous one. All this sort of stuff we got covered. How to get better response from your email list from people with fence sitters. Bunch of really really good tips on email marketing. So if you got a list not really sure what you're doing, listen to this episode. Here's my guest today with Emily McGuire. Hey, what's up? This is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm here with Emily McGuire from flourishgrit.com. She's also an email copy writer and um, we we actually had a bit of a conversation before this because like, do I, do I know you? Have I seen you before? Um, it turns out <laughs> Uh, Earlier this year, we're on some, we're on on some panel. We're on a panel talking about um, how email marketing slightly changed with COVID, slightly changed. Um, uh, The principles are still the same, but you know, (laughs) messaging is probably a bit different. But you know, Emily, thanks for coming on to the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to reconnect. Yes, great to reconnect. (laughs) And you've got just just randomly, you've got this cushion behind you. It's this dude smiling with glasses on. Uh Who is that? Jeff. Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Any significance in, in that cushion? I mean, who just doesn't love Jeff Goldblum? Oh, I actually don't know who he is. Oh, my God. Are you uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, 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 yes. The slightly dweeby, adorable guy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, now, that, now that I got that question out of the way, it was just like, just like drilling my head. What is that? But anyways... <laughs> Emily, he's, a delight. Was, he's a delightful human who we all need more of in our life. 
<laughs> I was wondering if you could tell my audience a little bit about how you got to where you are right now in your business. Give us a cliff notes. Yeah. Cliff notes. Well, you know, I was born. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start. Let's go way back. No. Uh, I, uh, so I was a digital marketing generalist uh, and I was working at the time. I was working at a company that um, they were like a gourmet grocer kind of place. And they had uh, a cooking school and a restaurant and they were rapidly expanding. And um, they were like, oh, you do internet stuff. Do you, can you do the email too? And I I was like, okay, internet. Yeah, (laughs) like internet things, sure. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like the more... When I talk to people about how they get into email marketing, somebody has like a story like that, right? Like, oh, you sort of hang out in this area of internet. (laughs) Uh, You can do this thing too. So uh, yeah, I, they threw it on my plate and Google and I became best friends. And, uh, and then I found out I liked email the most out of any digital marketing channel. Yep. Uh, and got another job only doing email marketing. So yeah, there I worked on a team of, there were five of us only doing email um, for this really large e-commerce company. And so I learned a ton. It was a blast. I had so much fun. And then uh, I had my son and decided, uh, my husband and I moved back to where his parent, where he's from. Yep. And I didn't really know anybody there. So I wanted to find uh, a job, but wasn't finding the right job. So I just created my own. So there it is in a nutshell. Hey, so you went from a digital marketing background, then went into e-com. I saw on LinkedIn that you you, you did a lot of stuff and abandoned cart sequences. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I, I know my audience isn't specifically like e-com, but like, I'm really, really curious to know, like, did you guys, did you come into me like, we should change the, the, the cart sequence because a lot of people are putting stuff in there and not buying, or did you just have some mentor being like, look, this is what you're supposed to do, do it. So the first abandoned cart sequence I ever came up with, it was just like, oh, we need one. You figure it out. Um, and that was actually at the company I took on email marketing for. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at the the next company, they had an abandoned cart sequence and they were like, well, it could be doing better. We just don't know how. So we tested everything, everything you could possibly test in an abandoned cart email timing, subject lines, um, segmentation, copy design like everything and then over the course of a year i think we saw like a it was somewhere between 10 and 20 percent lift in revenue from all of that testing year over year and uh and then yeah yeah it was great um it was fun to experiment and play and um and that year we ended up making um a million us dollars from that campaign uh over the course of the year 
so yeah, it was a pretty yeah. uh, nice bump and a little feather in my cap too. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks to my audience. Now you just like boost your credibility a crap load more. <laughs> so, no, that's no, I believed you. I believed you before you came on the show, but Emily, um, curious to know, like, what was that like, that big difference in that sequence. I know we'll touch on sort of like more, something more relevant in sort of like storytelling and the email automation, mm-hmm. but this is more for Jules being curious. Like how did you get, <laughs> how did you boost that abandoned car sequence uh, response? So, rate? yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it was just tweaks, little tweaks here and there that added up and like timing, right? Like how soon an email goes out after somebody abandons their cart, um, which is a, a super important with automation in general. Um, yep. You know, timing is key. And, um, you know, how many images we put in the campaign, what type of images should we be fre- have a friendlier tone in our copywriting or a little bit more FOMO, right? Um, yep. And, yeah, so the messaging design calls to action, the colors of the call to action buttons, um, all of those tweaks here and there. We tested one thing at a time and they all added up to like having shorter time periods between each email to uh, we found that being a little bit more FOMO in our copywriting, yep. um, people responded to more. Um, Makes- than a friendlier tone, which was mm. kind of fascinating. Yeah, right. That's cool. E- even if you're say like don't have an ecom product, a lot of lessons there. Mm. Especially say if you got a launch. I'm not too many sure people have a cart for say like a like a launch, but if you did, like FOMO, man, good principle to follow by. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we- even any digital product are going to have a shopping cart of some kind, right? Yeah. Um, and so people are going to. Uh, put stuff in their cart and forget about it all the time. All the time. <laughs> Isn't it something like 40% or 35%? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and I, you know, I talk to people about like how that sort of philosophy of an abandoned cart can apply to almost anything, right? Yeah. Somebody's checking out a product on your website or they get like really far down your funnel and um, they don't complete that action it's an abandoned action no matter what and sending follow-up emails for that is really important yeah interesting did you use testimonials as well to sort of back up just give them more proof give them more FOMO in that follow-up um not for the these were physical products consumer Mm -hmm. goods um but we did have reviews for the products that were included um but yeah not that particular campaign but testimonials are always important and i try to actually build them into some of my clients campaigns yeah um like just their general template especially if they have like a high ticket item because you need that social proof more than anything yeah yeah as i'm saying like good follow-up sequence even like you said abandoned cart even if it isn't say like a physical product just just that proof I think it's missing from a lot of sequences and you can tell the good ones that have them that just like, like seamlessly slip in there instead of just being like, mm-hmm. bam, here's an image, no context, have no idea. Like, like not it, the whole point is like they made it super simple for the reader to be like, Oh, they had this benefit. And then here's exactly where they said and spin instead of just like a wall of just proof. 
was just like really lazily haphazardly put together. Yeah. And it's just overwhelming chunks of copy that you just sort of glaze over when you're looking at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's going to perfectly segue into our next part of the conversation is let's just say someone's writing an email automation. Let's say someone opts in or, or something like that. You mentioned before, before we get started, um, you, so, how, so how would you tell your story with email automation? Like what are the nuts and bolts behind that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think it's really important to tell your user's story, right. Um, as a way to establish empathy and authority, right. Like you get them, you know what they're going through. So talking to them about their, their current situation, whatever it is, what led them to this point. Um, so yeah, like telling their story helps them, know that you know, right? And builds trust. Um, And then eventually you transition that story into, hey, I know you, I know what you're going through and your challenges to um, here. Well, here's uh, my story. Here's my brand story about how we solved those challenges, right? And, uh, And here's the mindset it took to eventually then telling people what their future story is going to be, right? So here's your past. Uh, Here's what brought you to this point. Here's how we solved that. And then here's where you're going if you you follow this path with us kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that um, a lot of people um, have a hard time structuring their emails um, and they don't know what to say. And it's like, well, talk to your audience like they're actual humans, right? Talk to them about where they are and how you can help. Um, And most importantly, where they're headed if they follow your advice or purchase your product or whatever it is. Um, And don't do it all in one email and don't do it all once, right? Don't throw it away on just one email one time. You got to split it up, sequence it out and keep repeating that message. Yeah, well, this is something I don't want to follow up on, Emily. So you said um, you want to be using that their story at the start. Um, is that typically going to be sort of like someone you've helped and it's like the perfect match of the story going on in their life? Or is it just going to be, you know, like I know what you're thinking sort of thing and then just sort of playing out what's going on in their day? Yeah, I mean, if you have a really great example that illustrates those challenges and pain points, um, you know, if you have like a a client or customer you helped, then yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Not everybody has that kind of data, though. Um, So the other uh, the other option is to, yes, talk to people like I know what you're going through and sort of reflect back to them what. Um, their situation is. And most people get that kind of information uh, from all the people they've talked to, right? You should know your customers, your ideal customers already and what they're struggling with. Um, You've already hung out on all the digital channels with them, finding out what they're talking about, having sales conversations, customer service conversations, whatever it is. Yep. yeah, most people already know those things. It's just pulling them all together in a cohesive um, persona. Exactly. Yes. And when you do actually get that thing together, 
Now, here's the thing I've always like thought when I'm writing emails, especially if they're very sort of like, okay, day one talks about this and day two talks about this and it leverages off the last one. But what do we do to bring the reader back? Say like if they missed, they came on day one and they missed day two, day three, day four, and then they came on day five. It's like, how do we catch them up to speed with it? So, so they're not like, so they feel everything's congruent and, um, you know, it's obviously hard to catch up on those three days, but mm-hmm. curious to know how you sort of make it. So it's, it's friendly that if they miss part of the story, they can still sort of get what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, depending on how time sensitive the, um, the, the goal is of that sequence, whether it's, you know, there's a, a cart closing or um, there's a new cohort of something launching, um, so with some, with some clients, I will do, uh, I'll keep sending the email until they open the first one. I'll try three times and then it's change the subject line each time. And so then re- send- sorry to interrupt. so you'll resend it if they don't open that initial email in a different mm-hmm. formats. Yeah. Well, just changing the subject line. Yep. Um, until they open it and then we wait the normal time and send the next one and keep sending it again. I've done that technique. Um, and then the other uh, way, if, if it is time sensitive, you don't have the luxury of, of waiting, then, um, and then doing a quick summary of, you know, the previous couple few emails, right? Like yep. even just a couple sentences with the sort of high level stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, just to get them up to speed. And That's usually really- like there's some kind of theme throughout the whole thing. Like if you really nail down what your value proposition is, then um, of whatever product or service is is this is flowing into, then repeating that particular value proposition in every email at the lead um, is perfect. Could you, I'm putting you on the spot a bit. Could you give an example from a client project, you know, without obviously breaching their privacy trust and all that sort of stuff? Um, yeah. So I guess with, uh, so the easiest to do is with my email marketing, right? Cause okay. I own that Let's content. I'll <laughs> talk about my campaigns. So like, uh, so my value proposition for my business is, you know, uncovering, uncover hidden revenue in your email list. And so any email sequence I do, I tie back whatever it is I'm talking about with uncovering hidden revenue in your email list or some sort of variation on that. So, you know, like when I'm outlining the pain points, um, the pain points usually revolve around a lack of resources, right? Time, money, expertise, whatever that is. And in order to um, get to you know, what every business's goal is, which is earn money, right? Most people are not doing uh, businesses for a hobby. Um, Then they need to uh, learn how to do more or uncover that hidden revenue. Um, And then, so the next email will be like, okay, so to start uncovering hidden, hidden revenue, here is this here are examples of people who've uncovered hidden revenue, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, that kind of value proposition, how do you frame everything around it? So you keep hammering at home because people have very short term memories. Uh, it takes us a while to not only remember, but retain information. 
Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and, and in those emails as well, um, just curiously, this is something I do. I like to disguise like content as like what to do content. It also wraps around sort of like what's a question or objection they have in their head. And you still sort of mm. use that customer saga story along the way. Um, obviously, everyone's got their own little tricks and stuff, but is that sort of the direction you go as well in terms of, say, like the content of the email? So like, uh, for, so, so I understand what you're saying. So, yep. um, so structuring, just, so you're saying you imagine a specific person while you're writing? Well, let's just say, okay, I, I use this on other podcasts. I had this video marketing agency client. One objection they had is that a client would be like, I'm so afraid to be on camera that I could never, I could never do this. And mm-hmm. so we use we use an email to sort of be like, look, there's this client who was so afraid to be on camera. She felt the exact same way as you until her business exploded when, when she got acting coaching to help remedy that fear. That mm. That's what I mean. Like bring up these fears and insecurities mm-hmm. that these oh, people yeah. share. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And that's really where, I mean, I always start with the pain point, right? Mm-hmm. Like why people... Because in my mind, you know, subscribers signed up for your list or they came to you and found you because they have a particular challenge, right? They're not coming to you because everything's going great and they just want to know, um, I want to confirm that everything I'm doing is amazing. And so I'm going to hop on your email list, right? Um, So yes, thinking about those objections, those fears, um, those real pain points, is always um, impactful, um, you know, talking about emotion and how you move through it. It's it's funny. So I started listening, there's a book called um, Burnout that I started listening to. And they talk about, um, it's basically about emotional intelligence and how uh, in the history of sort of philosophical thought and how we view psychology, we think of, we've thought of ourselves as like 90% thinking and rational creatures and 10% emotional ones. Yeah, but no. research shows um, the more advanced research we get about human psychology, the more we know like we're 90% emotional creatures and 10% uh, capable Logic. of rational thought. Yeah. And so speaking to the emotions people experience, particularly fear, right? Mm. Um, it's really powerful. And if you can be seen as a trusted advisor to walk somebody through that, like you got them. Yeah. And, and this is a, this is a really good point because it's a mistake I made definitely at the start. And that is using too much fear or using or twisting the knife too much to illustrate the pain point. So mm-hmm. what would you recommend for my listeners? Like, how do you draw that line in the sand where you're not offending them, but you're also just kicking them up the butt to take action. Yeah. I mean, empathy, right? If you're talking to somebody like you would talk to an actual human being face to face and not like, if you don't do this, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You wouldn't talk to somebody like that. If you're having a conversation with that, like a customer, right? Um, you would talk to them like they're a human (laughs) that uh, you are in relationship with, right? And 
Um, so talking to them in from the perspective of like, look, I get it. You know, I've been there or I have a client who's been there um, is always going to feel more authentic and yes. genuine. I like to say it's not your fault because normally it isn't mm. their fault. You know, take the blame off them. And um, it's not your fault you feel this way because this, this, and this. Um, and okay. that that's definitely a good way to empathize with people. I've found that also converts quite well. I don't know if you've used that line before. No, I'm, I'm going to write it down. Oh, <laughs> it's not your fault. Oh, that's a good, that's a good uh, line. It and, is a good line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else have we got here? I wanted to also talk about, um, you mentioned how do you actually help your subscribers um, see themselves become a customer? Is that all about that, that, uh, that narrative structure, like you said before? three-step narrative yeah yeah the narrative structure and like so testimonials right if you have um if you have headshots of people who have given you testimonials then it adds more authority right they look like real people and then um so i had a client who i was working with who um they work uh so they run like a tech boot camp kind of thing and, um, and it's an intensive coding boot camp, and they primarily serve uh, communities who don't traditionally um, get funneled into the tech community. So people of color, um, low income folks, like all those kind of people. And it's very intimidating to think about going into tech when you've had no experience with it. Nobody's ever told you that you can do it. And so we talked a lot about, you know, how, how do you use imagery in your email campaigns to show the diversity of your students um, so that your the people who don't normally feel comfortable in those situations are going to feel comfortable and want to drop the, the cash to invest in this new career path. Yeah. So Seems so that's like that. Ex- yeah. And it's like, that extra little hurdle, especially when it has to do with imposter syndrome. Like, like show. I was going to yeah, say, like, 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 am I able to do this? Or like, or do I feel like yes. I can, am I worthy to be able to complete this, whatever it is, service or product? Yeah. Or do I belong there? Right. Oh, like, do yes. I even belong do in that space? Um, and that can apply to so many different things, right? Imposter syndrome is very common. Um, so yeah, that like visually, I, I think of that way too. And so like diversity in stock photography, I think is really important um, for that, especially if you're serving communities who um, uh, don't have, who haven't had traditional access to the types of products or services you're offering. Yeah. And just while we're on the topic of images, like this is a bit tactical, but sometimes, you know, when you send out an email, the images are auto not enabled and some people just get them. Do you guys just not worry about that and just send it off? Or is there some sort of tactic that you use to make sure that everyone gets to see it? Yeah. So, I mean, so there's two things to consider with images and emails. One that you mentioned that people don't have them auto enabled. The other thing is accessibility. So if people um, uh, are visual are visually impaired and they rely on text to speech readers, 
um, to consume digital content, those, those text-to-speech readers cannot pick up on what's in an image, right? So if you design text into an image, it's not gonna show up. So um, as standard practice, I always recommend putting alt text on your images. So either describe what's in the image and or, you know, put the whatever text is yes. uh, yeah. overlaid on the image. Yeah. So yeah, that's just a standard practice. And in the US, you know, that's, uh, there are regulations around being accessible for people with disabilities. And that's one of the things to consider to be compliant with that. Okay, so pretty much just giving a bit of context, like picture, like in the image below. Well, that's that's pretty direct. But like you'll you'll see below, da 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 da. Um, always, so it's not like a complete disconnect um, from what's actually on that image. But did you have sort of like little tease or like what would be in that copy to describe so that person's not feeling like what, what is this? Yeah. So yeah, so that's like the, so most email service providers have the option to add the alt text to the image. So it's only going to show up if the, the image doesn't load. Um, and right, so yeah, okay. so if it's, I should, probably yeah, should have so asked what's alt text because that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a description of like, what's the scene, right? Uh, uh, in the image. And then yeah, the, just whatever text is in the image, if there is any. Okay. Well, that's a tip I'm going to use now. So we've helped each other out. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> one, one of the last things I want to ask before I wrap it up is like, obviously uh, the stories we tell ourselves, uh, what keep us where we're going in life and what we do, whether we achieve stuff, whether we stay where we are, how do you tell, how do you implant, embed, plant the seed of a new story of a customer that you want them to tell themselves? Ooh, well, my, so when people talk about experts, so I've been talking to a lot of people lately about what makes an expert, right? Mm -hmm. And that mean, means you read two books, right? Surely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a TED talk about it or whatever. <laughs> I listened to your podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, one episode. Um, no, uh, to me, an expert is somebody who's made all the mistakes right somebody's been yeah been there done that they made the mistakes and they learned how to not repeat those mistakes um also important and <laughs> yes uh or well yeah they learned how to try not to repeat those mistakes right we're all human and so that's one thing i try to talk to all of my customers my clients about and their customers, right? Because especially with email, like people get really anxious about publishing content. And with email, it's, you can't take it back, right? There's no edit button. There's no, no unsend. <laughs> yeah, no delete, delete. So people get really anxious about it. And um, yeah, and I've made all the mistakes uh, you can make with all that. And, you know, I'm still standing. So uh, I've survived. <laughs> what are those what are those angst what's that what's that fear behind pressing the send button for me sometimes it's like do i really want my clients to know this about me or if i press this yeah. controversial email if i let this go out are people going to unsubscribe um i'm always battling that in my head but then it's always mm -hmm. you've got to bring it back like 
if they're going to be offended by that sort of stuff, then they shouldn't be on my list anyway, because that's not who I am. But that's that's just how I think. But curious to know, yeah. like, what's that? What's that fear and anxiety that maybe you or your clients have before sending send? Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Those if it, they're not your ideal client, they don't belong on your list, right? But I think mainly it's like there are so many things to double check in an email, so many. Um, uh, T's to cross and I's to dot that like one human cannot possibly do it all right like you're you're gonna make a mistake because you know you have to make sure the the images are right the text is right all the details in it the links the sender information the right segment the right list the whole thing and it's anxiety producing it it's terrifying because there's just yeah. so many things to remember and like, and I tell people who like get really anxious about this stuff that like, I, like I said, I've worked on teams of, there were at least five people checking an email before it went out the door, before it got sent and we still miss stuff, right? Like it's just going to happen. And it's because we're human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like some of the weirdest mistakes happen. Like I proofread an email sent out yesterday, three times and I used the wrong your, and I was just like, Oh, I know. Right. I know when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. And you're like, come on, you know, what's the point of doing this? <laughs> but yeah, I think people are afraid of making mistakes and they're afraid of looking, you know, stupid as they would think they look, you know, if somebody saw a mistake and it's like, man, some people can get really hung up about things like that. And it's like, well, if that's the time you have to spend in your day to nitpick things, you know, um, then sure, live your life. <laughs> it's a horrible way to live. So that, so the moral of the story is just send more emails and get over yourself. And basically, right? <laughs> you just got to keep doing it until you yeah. totally mess up. And then you're like, well, it can't get much worse than this. <laughs> Emily, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. How can my audience find you? Well, I hang out on the internet, so you can go there. Um, specifically, I hang out on LinkedIn a yep. lot. I post a lot on LinkedIn. So come find me, connect with me. Um, I also have, um, I have an email list. Shocker, I know. So if you want to hang out on my email list, I have actually a free action guide on how to boost your email open rates at flourishgrit.com open. Yep, got that here. Cool. And I will leave that link in the description. I'll leave your LinkedIn in the description too. Any other final words? Um, that feels like a lot of pressure. I'm <laughs> just like <laughs> blank. I totally blanked. What's your um, life philosophy? <laughs> oh, my life. Okay. What I tell everybody, and this has to be with being a human, all my clients, uh, something is better than nothing. Don't let fear paralyze you. Uh, you just got to get it out there sometimes. You mean just like if you, if you, even if you really don't feel like doing it, just do something. Just do Yeah. Anything. Well, some people get stuck in the perfectionism and it has to look a certain way and be perfect. Or I'm not going to put it out there. And it's like, man, you just got to put it out there and mm. keep trying. Just got to try sometimes. It's not going to be perfect hundred percent of the time. It will suck a lot of the time, but then yes. when you get more, when you get over yourself, that's when it, that's when it gets picked exactly. up. 
Exactly. It does suck at the beginning. <laughs> and you'll look back on it in like three or six months and be like, I cannot believe I did that. I can't believe yeah. I put that out there. But that's, <laughs> but that's, when it, that's, when, that's when you look back and you smile and you're like, I've come a long way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got to try. Exactly. <laughs> Emily, thanks a lot for coming on to having a chat on Storytelling Secrets. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, that's it for today. And if you want to go check out Emily's free resource, by the way, which is, I've got it here. It's a free action guide to boost your email open rates ASAP. And inside the action guide, you're going to learn open rate strategy, subject line formula, and how to use emojis effectively. And like I said at the start, she's done over 80 million revenue for her clients from emails. I definitely pick this up. So many good lessons in here. That's it for today. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll see you Monday for the solo show. Bye.